Happy Hump Day, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts, who are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and back from his brief respite with Betsperts Golf yesterday, Mr. Andy Molitor. How was it yesterday? I haven't had a chance to listen. I was going to catch up actually while I was watching the golf a little bit today because it starts in like 30 minutes. Yeah, the early tea times are noon Eastern um, out of Torrey Pines, north and south. Should be a fun tournament as it is. A, it's a beautiful course. It's a beautiful area. Obviously, San Diego is looking much better than my front yard right now. So oh, I'm going to I'm gonna put that on the other TV while I work on some stuff today. That'll be great. And um. Yeah, it's a it's a goofy if it's a goofy deal. We're starting on Wednesday, but at this point, it'll it's the only thing that'll get me to watch the final round. Is like not going up against uh, and it's championship weekend. Like even if you have it on a second screen, you're just not you watching. Have an iPad it. or something. It's still it's still just like football is king. So it is hard to hard to get super excited about that when it's up against conference championship weekend. But yes, we are. Uh, John Rahm is doing the thing where he's been very, 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 very good at uh, golf, and now he's coming in at some of these super low prices. So if John Rahm wins, I guess everyone loses. But uh, I, I took I took a bunch of shots at him. You can watch that. We don't really have time anymore at this point. The golf is starting. So the outrights. I did add Matsuyama as an outright. And I do believe shit's locked in, so you can't be you know, changing anything. I should see if I, uh, I have the yeah, office pop up. A lot of places have uh, live. I may may have used Hideki Matsuyama done. in a uh, in a one and done spot. So it's kind of a it's kind of a way a way for me to add him. Like I, I if I have one and done, I'm always going to put a very small bet on that person, regardless. Yeah, but this one, this one, the more I looked at it, it's like shit. I need to actually add this for like the the normal size bet. So Hideki Matsuyama was my ad this morning. Still be found at forty uh, around the markets. But I do want to talk about a full tournament head to head, and I actually went through all my f- full tournament head to heads, and went and found the one with the latest tee times combined between the two golfers, and it is my my favorite Canadian, one of my favorite Canadians. It's not Kelly. Uh, Big Ten Waddle, Kelly Adam Canadian, Adam Hadwin. Yeah, and uh, I'm putting ten bucks on this because I'm going to turn it into ten k after I hit ten more of these or whatever it takes. That's not the case. Don't do that. If you're n- the, the odds of winning that many bets in a row, just I mean, go play some SGPs instead. Go make some parlays. Like, feels like that's a. Um, It'll get your hopes up less after you win like three bets in three days or something. But Adam Hadwin over Wyndham Clark getting a really nice dog price here at Bookmaker. Both of them. Um, these are actually two of the top five best golfers as far as putting on this particular surface, Poa goes, which uh, surprised me when I pulled him up specifically to look at it. But just uh, Hadwin's everything but off the tee is a lot, lot better if you're looking across the board at the main statistics. Whereas, uh, you know, Wyndham Clark, kind of a bomber. I did use him in some DFS stuff because it's like, hey, I need a guy who can hit the ball a country mile and it's going to be super low-owned percentage-wise. But as far as betting goes, I would much, much, much rather have somebody who is a better approach player here. These are small, tough greens. Not only that, but I think Hadwin is going to be decent around the green as well. So uh, some of the some of the metrics I used 
this week, just looking specifically at golfers, was a little bit of accuracy because it's been raining a lot in San Diego. It's harder to control that rough, keep it at a, a nice tight length. The rough is going to be the damn jungle. And it, it's one of those where it doesn't matter if you hit it way offline or just a little offline, you're, you're in a bad spot. So looking for guys who don't miss the fairways, Adam Hadwin matches that up. He's been better around the green. He's a better ball striker. He's been better at finding scoring opportunities. And basically, uh, it's finally we're playing on a tough course. I need people who can score on the par fives. It's not like last week where it's like, man, my guy needs to like eagle three of the par fives throughout the week. Like he needs four or five eagles to get up there. This is, I need you to birdie the par fives because everything else is so incredibly difficult. And this is actually a tough course. So par five scoring, he ranks 23rd in the field over the last 50 rounds compared to Wyndham Clark down at 53rd, which is still admirable, I guess. Um, but basically I, I do believe a lot of the, the pricing for Clark having him this high is predicated around his drive. He is a, Maybe one of the longest in the field. He may be the longest in the field on average right now. I'll have to check that out. So playing against a bomber a little here with Adam Hadwin. And like I said, this is a full tournament. This is a Wednesday through Saturday bet. So hopefully we just cash it. Uh, I usually say Friday, but cash we can cash bets on Thursdays now. That's nice. Ooh. Take that. I'll take it's, it. It's always nice to have that. No, going into the weekend. And, and there's no way they cash those early, right? You still have to wait till Saturday or Sunday. Uh, some books do, some books don't. Ooh. So it, it really does depend where you bet. But for the most part, I, I feel like it, it's like 70 30 do. Um, they'll just, well, the, the guy got cut. This bet is over. You win. Almost like a, like a retirement. Like, well, well, here's your bets. You get it back. So. There are some that hold on to it, which is dumb. Like every sports book, every yeah, every sports book who holds bets longer than they have to is so silly. Just cash that bet. Let me get it rolling. Let me let me reinvest that. Especially just that's how you make money of sports booking is volume. You want volume, guys. So silly, silly, silly. But uh, you know what else is silly? Going from ten thousand to ten dollars, like Patrick, unfortunately, not believing yeah. in Brock Purdy. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Sorry, Pat. <laughs> I know I, I joked about doing that with the. Uh, I specifically did the ten k to ten challenge with only offensive rookie of the year bets, and then uh, it's it was a joke. Jesus, the uh, the finalists come out today, and I find out I don't even have a little bit of hope to like hold on to with Chris Olave. They straight up just said Walker. Wilson, Purdy, Brock Purdy, who is a rookie of the year finalist. God bless his heart, but uh, I think a little shade towards Alave hurts my heart. So I'll grade one more bet a loser. At the, uh, two more. Sirianni is not a finalist either. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't very hopeful on that. But uh, to not be a finalist over Doug and Dable kind of hurts. So, boo voters. Although. The comeback player of the year, we will not be seeing the linemen getting it, despite Peter King voting for the linemen. So, sorry, it is going to be one of the skill position players. And uh, speaking of skill position players, I'm not sure I can name one on either of these teams. The Jazz really, roster really turned You know over. at least one player on the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, yeah, Ja. Never mind, sorry. Steven, uh, so the, the injured Aquaman, he's there too. That's it is funny. I, I like that he is 
just like a cooler version of Jason Momoa. Anyway, 10 games in the association tonight. Um, two bets that I do have. Looking at some of these other games, our Orlando Magic six-point favorites against the Pacers, right about where I have it as long as the Pacers continue to be without Halliburton. My Sixers, five-point favorites over the Nets. I actually thought about laying the five. The Nets have been pretty putrid, but Kyrie generally does well against the Sixers, a team that still struggles with very offensively capable guards. Producer Dan's Atlanta Hawks, just one-and-a-half-point favorites in Oklahoma City, but the Hawks have been great, so not going to get in their way. The Nuggets, eight-point underdogs in Milwaukee. Jokic played last night. Maybe he plays again tonight. I don't think you can really touch that game unless you know what's going on there. So you got to wait. Um, your Minnesota Timberwolves, Andy, three-point dogs against the Pelicans. Kind of like that, but it looks like the Pelicans getting a couple guys back. Brandon Ingram's going to be back tonight, so that'll be fun. The Rockets, short dogs, right where I have them. A couple other games, but two bets that I did like. We'll start with the Memphis Grizzlies visiting the Golden State Warriors. I know the Warriors are much better at home than they are on the road, but this Grizzlies team, much better than um, I think the market really has them ranked at this point. There has been some injury issues over the last couple of weeks, but have just about everybody that matters going tonight. Again, great matchup for them. They were good against Golden State last year when Golden State was a better defensive team, and that's really been the big change. The Warriors are, I think, 22, 23rd ranked in terms of defense this year after being top five pretty much all season, and uh, they really struggle. And again, they've been good at home, but as you start to look back at a lot of those games, it's against poor competition. The Grizzlies, again, um, you know, you've heard John Morant, whether you really think or not, he should be as confident as he is. I, I love the way that they're approaching the season. They've been really good against some of the better competition. And uh, this has got to be a game they have circled. And again, regardless of kind of all that qualitative stuff, um, had this game much closer to a pick -em. maybe the Warriors minus one, one and a half. So being able to hit the Grizzlies here, not only with three, but to catch the hook there with the possession is always nice. So give me Grizzlies plus three and a half and play again, anything three or higher. And then the Utah Jazz, a team that really needs all of its parts and finally have everything back. Laurie Markkinen has been fantastic this year. He's going to be an all-star probably. Um, should be a candidate for most improved, stuff like that. And um, whenever he's on the floor, this Jazz team has been really great. On the other side of the ball, the Portland Trailblazers started hot this year. Again, generally are a little bit better at home, but I don't understand them as four-point favorites in this game. Where Again, similar to the Warriors matchup, have Portland maybe a one, one-and-a-half-point favorite. So to be able to get a Jazz team here, plus four, that's been playing great basketball. Everyone's finally healthy here. Um, could even make a case if you look at a short enough time period, the Jazz should be short favorites in this spot. So give me the Grizzlies plus three and a half, the Jazz plus four, and um, it'll take advantage of a little bit of a reaction to some of these home teams. And honestly, the way home, and it could just be at this point, Andy, home teams have been spectacular this year um, for whatever reason. So uh, maybe I haven't caught up with that, or maybe the markets overreact a little bit, but give me both road dogs. Have you seen it in the refing, or is it just overall performance you know um, the, the, the ref factor the friendly home whistle or is it like are you are you seeing it in a disparity and like free throw splits from home to road or is there something going on with that i'd have to go back i didn't see any nothing really stuck out from that that's a little hard to tell i mean you can look yeah. at kind of free throw rates for teams and i don't see anything that really sticks out there again i think it just has to do with some of the travel advantages that we've had this year um yeah, sure. yeah if you blind bet every home team this year you're up 10 units which is kind of nuts wow i should have done that that should have been my strategy jesus i'd be up uh, really more units easy, yeah, yeah it's, it's that easy folks 10, road teams minus 72 Oh, oh, well, let's take two road teams. It'll bounce back. It's called. We're due. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we're due. Now it's, you know, an equilibrium. We're going to find our way back. Find your way back. 
It's a Starship song. Um, College Hoops. I didn't have anything yesterday. It wasn't that I was lazy or busy, which both were true. Um, mostly busy. Uh, Ron is deep at work on a, on a tool that we're going to be rolling out over at Bettsburg's Golf. So I actually filled in on the DFS show as well. And boy, you think I'm in, in over my head on some stuff. That was for sure. Thankfully, we had Byron, the model maniac, to talk about it. He knows a lot more about DFS than I. I did put some lineups together, though. Like You can't you go on a show. Hours, right? Yeah, you can't. Oh, God. Yeah, it was 40 minutes. <laughs> you can't go on a show, bullshit your way through DFS, and not, not play DFS. <clears throat> so I did put some lineups together. I entered more contests than I would have liked to. Um, and then Matt Lawrence, real quick, before I get to hoops, talking, asking first-round leader stuff. Uh, it's tough on the south course. I kind of like Aaron Rye on the north course. I think he'd probably find 70-75 on that. And then uh, they have first-round leader odds? So th- they did it the same as last week. They'll do it by course. So they have oh, I, didn't see, only, I didn't see him anywhere last week. Only players on well, last week they did only players on this course, only players on this course. <clears throat> so the numbers are smaller because it's you know a pool of fifty. But Aaron Rye and may, maybe JJ Spawn. I feel like I, I didn't love his outright price, and I don't have any bets on him yet. And I, I have him so high in my numbers. It's just the matchups he was given I didn't love, and I didn't love his outright price here. So maybe JJ Spawn is a as a first round leader. I'm going to actually go, I'm going to go find that and play that while I'm talking here. As we'll take a, we're going to take a three minute commercial break here while I go find golf odds. But yeah, it it did seem like we'll probably have the same thing next week too. When we head to the AT&T as they play on three, you know, the Monterey and then they'll play on Pebble. I realize we have this many multi-course tournaments. Yeah. It's it's essentially like three in a row here. And then, and then we pretty much just we pretty much get done with it. God, JJ Spawn's number sucks for first round leader too. <laughs> Maybe this is why I'm staying away. And God, the Aaron Rye number isn't even good. Is this a place that doesn't? Ch- oh, these are. I don't think these are dead heat. I think these might just pay in full because uh, these numbers suck. Butt. But anyway, yeah, I'll do some Aaron Ryan, some JJ Spawn, and then somebody says in Monty we trust. Yeah, I don't hate that either. That's the other course, so I believe so. Um, and then college hoop, hoop, hoops, some underdogs for me, as is tradition. Uh, I've never heard of the second one. team. I didn't know there was a Maine University. Maine, the Bears. It is a a very good hockey team. Um, they've mm. always had a good hockey team, I believe. They've gotten into some NCAA tournaments, obviously up there. And yeah, it is. Uh, it's an uh, an American East team. So smaller conference, they're heading down the coast to take on the UMass Lowell Riverhawks down in Lowell, uh, Mass, and <clears throat> kind of almost completely predicated on how poorly uh, Lowell takes care of the ball. Uh, I think they're, yeah, 332nd in the nation at turnover rate. That's pretty bad for a team that's, you know, supposedly good. They're 17-4. and four. They should have something to say about who wins the, you know, the America Eats tournament. But they turned the ball over at an incredible rate, and they didn't even have a tough, you know, some of these you see it and be like, oh, well, it was a small school, and they played a bunch of really good teams in non-conference, and that, you know, that jacked up all their stats. Literally the best team they played non-conference was, well, they played Rutgers. I, I take it back. I almost said 
Brown. They played one game against Rutgers, which is a good team, maybe great. And then your next best game played non-conference was Brown. Brown from the Ivy League, the 200 and something ranked team in the country. So they didn't play a lot of competition. They still are just fiddle fucking around, turning the ball over quite a bit. Decent offensive rebounding team. Um, the defense could be a little better to get them there if they want to win the AE. But fading them with the main Bears. Now I didn't even do these in order, honestly. So maybe I should do the next one. I'll, I'll start at the top again, heading to the Hot Atlantic 10. My George Mason... God, they're, they're like the Star Bisons, Patriots. I, I almost, I'm, I think, I'm thinking Howard for some reason, but yeah, I uh, the Patriots taking on VCU. George Mason is actually one of the better offensive teams, all things considered. The Atlantic Ten. I wish they made their free throws. That kind of bothers me at the end of game thing. But the thing about underdogs is they're not usually asked to make free throws in late situations. They're asked to make threes and quick buckets. So. Uh, I kind of hold free throw rate or free throw, not free throw rate, free throw percentage against favorites a little heavier, even though if you could make more than 63% of your free throws in conference, that would be great guys. And then VCU is maybe the same story. They are the 330th ranked team in the country. As far as turnover rate percentage, little tougher on non-conference schedule, but I think you should be expecting a little more out of a team that's, you know, in the top 100 here, decent defense offense has a little bit, uh, leaves a little bit wanting getting my getting eight points, uh, feels pretty good here. And then the final one is the New Jersey Institute of Technology. Sorry. If you wanted to bet this and you live in New Jersey, cause I don't think you can, I think that's yeah. just a straight up, that's just a straight up rule. Um, they are also now in the America East. This is the best three-point shooting team in the conference so far. And they actually, uh, they didn't play nearly as cupcake of a schedule. Again, going to the schedule and non-conference schedule as the University of Maryland, Baltimore County Retrievers. You guys probably remember them from the tournament a couple years ago. This is the best offense in the America East and one of the worst defenses. It's all gas, no breaks. I don't love that sometimes against a, a plucky underdog that can shoot a three ball. And again, they do struggle a little at getting to the line and they don't shoot the three very well. So looking for the threes to carry me home with the Highlanders. Cause in that game, as far as covers, there can be no push because we got the hook. It's five and a half. There can be only one. Let's go Highlanders and let's head down under where the tennis has been good. Maybe not, maybe not the, Magda, the Magda match sucked. Although it'll be funny if she just keeps winning somehow. Uh, bigger test in front of her this uh, this evening into the morning. When are these matches? Very early. I think we're looking at like 3.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning. So going to have to wake up early if you want to catch these or stay up very late. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a great tournament. I mean, I'm excited for what I think the final's going to be. Um, but we're down to just two matches here. No bets for me in either one of these matches, but starting to look at both of them, getting a opinion together. I mean, Elena Rybakina here, um, minus 195. I have her closer to minus 225, 230 in this spot. But honestly, I'm kind of sick of losing money betting against Victoria Azarenka. Um, you know, she's played some solid matches. 
I do feel like a couple spots uh, she got a little bit lucky, but that's fine. I mean, uh, that's what a lot of tennis is about. That's what surviving two weeks of a Grand Slam is about, making those opportunities. And she's been pretty solid here again. Um, hard for me to see what she does better than uh, Elena here in this match. So Ever is a pretty solid favorite. Nothing I'm looking at there, but going to wait and see. At some point, I will have either an under or a Sabalenka spread bet here in the Magdalenette Sabalenka match. I'm looking at minus five right now, about plus 100. The totals at an expensive 20 and a half, a cheap 20, and it continues to move against Sabalenka. She opened closer actually to minus five and a half. Um, this minus five was pretty juicy when it first opened, and uh, Lynette here continues to get bet, which uh, I get. I mean, if you start to update some of your numbers for how she's played the last two weeks, has put up some good numbers, has wins against some very solid players, but hard to really go through and rate them. I mean, uh, Pliskova was pitiful last night. We talked about Garcia and how she kind of handed that match away. Um, it was a good, I mean, Lynette was great against Alexandrova. She beat Contivate in three, but Annette's been really beat up this year, so... I think really just given how good Sabalenka has been, happy to bet against her. And if she wins this match, it's going to be pretty comfortably. I mean, Lynette, again, she's been sneaky. She's let some of these women implode on themselves and lose matches. But unless Sabalenka does that, I really don't understand how Lynette is able to be the better tennis player. They've played a couple times already, only twice. And again, both have been blowouts. Sabalenka will be in total control of this match. So at some point, we'll probably bet her spread in the under. But going to continue to wait. I mean, if we get a chance to bet four and a half at standard juice, awesome. Go ahead and scoop that up. If you get to bet, you know, 20 and a half at standard juice on the under, go ahead and scoop that up too. So I'm waiting for now, but we'll see. It should be two great matches that I'll probably just get up and watch replays of. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I didn't, I think my dog is sleeping all day and then he wants to stay up all night. I didn't get a great night's sleep. That little, that little turd wanted to go outside like five times. The wife handled a lot of it, but I, yeah, my goodness. So we need to. Probably boring for them. It is boring. Uh, Like he needs to play more during the day. We need to figure something out. Maybe I need to hire a dog runner around her. Either way, that's the show. Hope you enjoyed it. We even got to a little extra with some first round leader stuff. Um, I will check you guys tomorrow. We'll do some more gambling. Uh, Deep dive tonight. Uh, only two games, so I might get on Twitter and solicit some extra topics if there's anything you guys want us to go over. I know we'll touch on the awards because of the finalists being uh, announced today. We'll go over the Super Bowl MVP stuff a little bit. We'll talk about the hypothetical lines for the Super Bowl. Fuck, actually, that sounds like a whole show. You guys get nothing. That's it. Uh, no extras. That's, that's, that's an hour and a half right there, guys. I got to get home to my family at some point. So thanks for joining us. Hit the thumbs up on the way out. Thanks to Alex for joining, as always. Thanks, Producer Dan, and we'll see you tomorrow.